All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Man, we're about to bring you some stuff this morning. Thanks for tuning in. Um, today's episode is going to be, I guess, a follow-on to the post that I made yesterday on Instagram about how I choose the people that are within my inner circle. And I said I ask one question about the people that I surround myself with, and that question is would I choose them to go into battle with, right? Would I choose them for that? And there's a lot of things wrapped up in that question. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of aspects that determine the answer to that question. So we're just going to talk through some things that I look for in the men and women that are in my inner circle. The things that I look for that determine the answer to that question, would I choose them for battle? And I think, Blake, the way this pertains to you is obviously you were in law enforcement for quite a few years. And who are the men and women that you would want to respond to a call uh, by your side, right? If When yep. crap got hairy, who were the men and women that you wanted to show up? And yep. what are the characteristics? What are the traits of those people? So this is interesting. You know, this is an interesting topic to me. Anyways, that's what today's episode's about. Uh, hey, I wanted to let you guys know we've got a really cool guest coming on this weekend. Well, Lord willing, she'll be out here uh, Friday night as long as flights and everything go go well. Uh, her name is Sarah. Sarah, I'm not even going to screw your last name up. D-O-R-O-U-G-H. Sarah is a level 10 gymnast. She's a freaking beast, man. I'm talking about a beast. If you want to follow, check Sarah out on Instagram. S a her her Instagram handle is Sarah, and then her last name, S a r a h n d o r o u g h. I might put her Instagram handle in the show notes of this episode. But she is a beast. She's a she's a coach. She's a trainer. Um, just super super fit, and she's coming out here to share her story on the Three of Seven podcast. But we, because we are athletes and we are competitors and we don't mind a little competition, we've got the gym, CrossFit Rome, reserved Saturday at 10.30. And Sarah and I are going to go head-to-head. I've basically given the coaches at CrossFit Rome, or Jeff Holloway, the owner Jeff's an awesome coach. You guys have heard him on the podcast. I've given him my three strengths and Sarah's three strengths. And I told Jeff, I said, design a workout for us to go head-to-head with each other. Former Navy SEAL ultra runner versus a level 10 gymnast. This is going to be brutal, son. Y'all tune in, too. Oh, it's going to be good. We're going to do this on Instagram Live. Yeah. 10.30. 10.30, Instagram Live. We're, this is going to go down, and uh, we're going to see what happens. I'm I'm a little bit – I'm a little nervous, man. Uh, here's the thing. Sarah is so strong and so fit 
there are a lot of things that she can do, a lot of movements that she can do that I can't even do. I can't even physically do the stuff. If you see this kind of stuff that she does, like on her Instagram and in her workouts, it's insane. Do you see her getting out of the pool? Oh yeah, it's it's insane. the 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 control that she has over her body and her core strength is just. I look, it's not. I'm not even on the same level. Like I want to do some squats and run and deadlifts, like. She's talking about L holds and uh, <laughs> all this. I'm like, I don't even know if I can do an L hold. I don't even know what an L hold is. I think it's where you're hanging from the bar and you just raise your, you know, you make an oh, L, yeah. pick your legs up. I, I could hold that for about five seconds. I could do the L shape. <laughs> yeah, sitting on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could do it sitting on the floor. But it's going to be an awesome, yeah. uh, awesome little deal here. Sarah, I hope you listen to this because... I'm announcing it. Um, anyways, and and the plus side of that is not only do we get to do that and you guys get to watch it and see us really go to freaking battle against each other, but we also then, later on that day, we get to sit down and hear Sarah's story and her, her philosophies on training and fitness, and uh, she's got a lot of wisdom when it comes to diet and nutrition. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You know, you guys know how passionate I am about strong women, and she's one of those. So just want to go ahead and put out put that out there. 1030, Saturday, that's Eastern Standard Time, Saturday morning, Instagram Live. That'll be, well, I don't even know what the date will be. It's the 10th right now, March 10th, Saturday morning. Um, All right, I wanted to put that out. Basic course dates. For the upcoming, the rest of the the season here will be also released on Sarah's episode. When we release that, we'll try. We'll probably put that out Monday of next week. So we'll make sure the dates for the upcoming basic course classes are released in the beginning of that episode. And if you want a little jump on it, we'll give it to the Patreon people first, and then release a Mailchimp. Oh yeah, we'll that's right. So. Before so before that episode comes out, Blake will put those out to Patreon. Then he will put them out to um, the mail mailing list. Look, guys, I look with the basic course. It's it is unparalleled. It's uh, we we literally we I I believe truly we set the standard for any course. Uh, that that e- even resembles what we do. We set the standard because we incorporate everything during that mission from body, physical, phys- physical stuff, body, soul, emotional stuff, that patience, all, all all this stuff, and also spirit. We 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 get to work every angle when we are out there on the mission and working as a team. Uh, out there on that course. It is the standard, period. And here's the thing. As long as you guys keep applying and you guys keep wanting to go, we're going to keep running these things. So if you haven't been selected, don't get discouraged. Continue to keep us updated on when you want to come because I want every single person that wants to come out 
and experience the growth, the teamwork, the change, uh, the skills, everything that happens at the basic course, everybody that has the grit and the courage to sign up and they want to come out, I want them to come out. There's not a single one yep. of you guys that have applied for this, the hundreds and hundreds that have applied for this. There's not a single one of you guys that I don't want you to have the opportunity to do it if you want to do it. So that's where my head's at on that. Don't get discouraged if you applied a year ago and you still haven't been selected. Just shoot me an update. Hey, I applied a year ago. I heard the new dates. This is when I this is when I want to come. Yep. All right. And um yeah, so that's where I'm at on that. Oh, man, that's a lot of stuff to start this. I don't even think we'll – maybe we'll we'll run a little advertisement at the end of this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's awesome. It. All right, sweet, guys. Again, thanks for joining in. Uh, thanks to all you guys that have left us a review on iTunes. Thanks to all you guys that support us on Patreon and share these episodes on Instagram. We rely on you for this show to grow, period. We can't do it without you. This is the post I made yesterday. We talked about, uh, I, here's, I re, I'll read the post, combat effective, my inner circle most, must be. Combat effective, my inner circle must be. That's some Yoda talk for you right there. Um, <laughs> at, at his core, the essential traits of a warrior are inherent and identifiable by other warriors. All right, what I'm saying here is the traits of a warrior are inherent. In other words, when I'm asking this question of someone, of would I, would I choose this person for battle, I'm not thinking about how well they can shoot, how well, how, how, what, what their tactical skills are, right? When I'm asking this question, I, I'm looking deeper than that, right? The, the traits of a warrior, are the, the things that are important, the personality traits of who the human being is, that is more important than the hard skills. The hard skills can be taught. Yep. All right? So that's what I'm talking about here. That's uh, the very next part of this post. I said, you might think it odd that I determine my inner circle based on this question, would I choose him or her for battle? Because I think that's what you guys may not understand is I'm not, I, I, when I ask this question of another individual, I'm not saying what is their tactical proficiency. I'm saying what makes them who they are, mm-hmm. right? Because the tactical proficiency, if we're really going to take someone into battle, those things can be taught, yeah. right? And when we talk about battle, we're talking about, we're using that both <laughs> metaphorically and for me, I think about it in literal terms, right? Because all of the traits that you would expect from a man or a woman standing beside you in actual battle, those same traits would be the traits you would want from a partner when when you're in on the battlefield of life, mm-hmm. when crap's going haywire and nothing, you know, stuff is just not going your way. Those traits are transferable, right? So this is both literally and metaphorically in my mind. Um, and then we talked about how in this singular question are multiple examinations that decide the ultimate answer. Look, first of all, somebody would ask, "What? Well, how do you, how do you find these people that are that? How do you find these type of people that you can bring into your inner circle? How do you 
get yourself in a position in life where you're surrounded by, you know, a few men or women that can actually be true advisors and um, and partners and, and you know warriors with you. And I mean, my answer is you got to get out into the, you got to put yourself out into the world and start doing freaking hard stuff. And you know you're going to run into these type of people yeah. that that you want to be in your inner circle. You know, that's to me, that's a big part of the reason I go to the gym in town is to put myself out and, and actually be around individuals. And, and, you know, if you just, if you just hold up, if you, I've been accused of being a hermit. Now I do have some hermit tendencies, but you know, if I, if I never went, got out and, you know, did hard stuff in public, even racing, ultra running, going to the gym. Yeah, it would be hard to find these people that I want to surround myself with and harder, even harder to get to know them. Yep. All right, because when you ask this question of someone, would I choose him or her for battle, understand that the answer to that it may not be immediate. You actually have to spend some time mm-hmm. with some people to be able to answer that question. A lot, Some people you meet... You kind of know it right off the bat. But there are a lot of people that are worthy to be in your inner circle that you may not know it until you've spent some time and done a few hard things with them. I was going to say, you know, sometimes they'll find you out. Yeah. But you have to you have to trust them and not... I mean, you got to have a little bit of you got to hold back a little bit in the beginning. You don't want to open completely up to somebody that that is that you haven't vetted to be in that inner circle yet. But you got to open up some to let them in and see how they how they handle a little before you give them a lot. You know. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And why is this even important? Well, because if you have if you surround yourself with the right people, like I'm not talking about your your extended friend group i'm talking about if you surround yourself with the right people in your day-to-day life in your business um when decisions have to be made when life is hard if you surround yourself with the right people you are going to be much more successful than if you try to just keep people out of your inner circle Mm -hmm. or maybe you're picking the wrong people all right. As as long as you continue to think and act like an individual, you will continue to fail in life. I truly believe that, and yeah. that's why it's important to develop that inner circle. All right. That's why we're even talking about this. You even think about you think about a a rope, right? Like or even five fifty cord, and inside that that rope is what seven or eight other strands that are somewhat braided or twisted together but that that little bitty piece of cord so strong because it's got so many different pieces inside of it but if if it was just the nylon sheath on the outside of those little ropes i mean it ain't gonna hold 550 pounds mm-hmm. you know so that that's a uh, material example of a, a braided cord is stronger than just one strand of the cord yeah it, and and it, i i consider my inner circle three or four people yeah well r- really <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say I would say obviously Brooke is part. Uh, I, Brooke is just an inherent part of my inner circle because she's my wife and my closest partner in life. 
like outside of your spouse, I would say maybe three or four people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, that's about as big as it needs to be. These are really tight personal relationships that you need to be able to uh, to depend on these people in a, in a deep and meaningful way. And I think you have to constantly assess who who is... I think you have to constantly assess each other yeah. within that circle. I want y'all to know, I record podcast episodes all the time that never get released because I go a little too hard. I go, I'll, I'll get on here, son, and I'll get a little sideways. I'll go a little too hard. And I've got people in my inner circle that I will run this by, and they will tell me, that they will constantly assess me, not only on that level, but on the multiple levels, and say, hey, man, you went a little too hard on this. You might want to rethink this, this, this. All right? And, right? And that's what we do. So constantly assess who you have in your inner circle and are they maintaining the traits that we're about to talk about? I mean, I, I can't tell you. My inner circle has changed multiple times throughout my life because people change. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, even this is down to family members. You you all of a sudden you see that, you know, oh, this person is changing. They're no longer hold, they're no longer holding the line. They're no longer contributing. And I don't know what else to do. As a matter of fact, I don't do anything else but just cut them off. That's my answer. I just cut them off. I just don't have time. Yeah. Time. Brooke, I drive Brooke crazy. Oh, another thing Brooke wanted me to tell you guys, I had to apologize. She's not afraid of the dark. Had to apologize from last episode. She's not afraid of the dark. She told me she would not cook my dinner anymore this week if I um, didn't say that on this podcast. Well, she doesn't cook me dinner, so I'll say she's afraid of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of these traits that we can assess each other on here. All right, my this is in no particular order of of uh importance i just was running yesterday and i started thinking you know when i asked that question of my closest advisors would i take them to battle what am i actually what are some of the things this is not comprehensive right you can i could add to this i'm sure if i thought more deeply about it um so the first thing that i i spoke into my phone here is able to take and manage risk uh, if i'm looking for someone to go to war with in life it has to be someone that is able that has the courage to take risk but also has the wisdom to manage that risk how many people do y'all know i know a bunch that they're great people there's a lot of great people out here there's a lot of great people in my life that will not get a yes answer to this question of will I go to battle with them? This doesn't mean yeah. if you if the answer is if I'm assessing you and the answer is no, I'm not going to battle with you. All right, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. All right, but this is this is a, for me. This is a disqualifier. How many people do you know that remain pretty much stagnant in life? They they they're in that comfortable place. Right, because they literally 
refuse to take any risk. Yeah. Literal risk and and even just uh, financial risk, um, risk with uh, their their career. Whatever I'm talking about, risk in general. Okay. Yeah. This is a this is a pretty rare trait. Now in the in the SEAL teams, we took extreme risks, even in training. In training, I'm talking about, dude. I remember doing a night jump one time. And, uh, I, I mean, I maybe had 30 jumps or something and we were getting loaded up and full combat equipment, body armor, night vision, weapon, and rucksack, full loadout. I had never even jumped before, even in the daytime with, with body armor. Like I remember... You want to talk about stretching your ability to take risk? I mean, it was very, very risky, and uh, and we did it. And, pro- and and let me tell you what happened here. We we took that risk in training in order to stretch our capabilities, mm-hmm. but the risk wasn't managed properly because uh, you know the people who the people who were in charge who were leading this training evolution. They should have given more consideration to the fact that a third of the platoon were new guys with 30 jumps. They had never jumped body armor. All right. Whereas, you know, the 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 leadership, they had been doing this crap for 15 or 20 years. Yep. So we took the risk though to do this, and we all jumped. And I think 50 plus percent of the platoon missed the LZ and we spent the next four hours driving around Suffolk getting jumpers out of trees or picking them up in farm fields or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. So the risk wasn't managed properly. We were willing to take it, but it wasn't managed properly. And that's the second portion to this trait right here is you got to find a individual that's able that's willing and courageous enough to take the risk but not a person that's reckless yeah because you i know those people too that are over willing to take risk and they don't understand how to manage it every single evolution we did in the seal teams every single one Real world or training, we had a ORM, Operational Risk Management form that we would fill out. We all hated it, but there's no telling how many lives it saved. You have to have a process in your mind, and you have to have the wisdom to manage that risk that you are willing to take. All right. Now, what does it mean to manage risk? It means you're assessing the reward that you're going to get uh, versus the what could potentially uh, the negative impact, right? Yeah. So, what are the potential negative impacts of this decision, of this training evolution, um, of this conversation? What yeah. what are the potential negative impacts versus what are the rewards I can get from it if it if it does go well? Mm-hmm. And we do that in our business, man. Oh, yeah. You know, we're talking about we're talking about running this alpine mountaineering trip in august and 100 percent, there's risk involved 
100% there's risk involved in the basic course. 100, the, the proving grounds. A- everything we do, there's risk involved. You know why? Because nothing that we do is canned. Right. We don't design any mission for the masses. All right? Nothing we do is canned or staged. Nothing. And so we have to constantly do ORM within our own business. We have to say, what are the benefits what are the things that we can pass along to these students? And uh, what are the potential, you know, bad things that can happen? Mm-hmm. And you have to make sure that the benefits are going to outweigh the bad things, yep. right? And and when you identify the negative things that can happen, you put processes in place to mitigate those bad things, right? So you try to cut them off. Yeah. So that's ORM. Yep. You got anything on that? No, you hit it, man. How, uh, risk, well, risk, risk versus reward. Yeah, that's what I always think. Is it even if I achieve success in whatever I want to do, was the risk I took worth it? The even you know how much potential is there to go wrong, and if it does, what is it, and is it worth achieving the the goal? That's yeah. the way I always think of it. That's it. So able to take risk and able to manage risk. All right, here's um, here's two other things right here. Intelligence, and they have to be teachable. All right, I'm sorry, but if I'm going to choose you for battle, you have to have a certain level of intelligence and common sense. Yeah. For us in the SEAL teams, for you to get a SEAL contract, you had to score very high on your ASFAB. Uh, you had to score in the top percentiles of your ASFAB. Why? Because being intelligent is important. Now, the ASVAB was on things like math and science and, you know, all these things that obviously, well, we used math in, in the teams, especially me as a breacher calculating minimum safe distance and, you know, some other things, net explosive weight and but, you know, there were a lot of things on the ASFAB that all it did was represent your overall intelligence. Mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily, uh, didn't necessarily pertain to the everyday job. So you got to be semi, I'm not saying you got to be a genius, but you got to be able to carry on a good, intelligent yeah. conversation. I think it's a lot, lot more of the common sense part of it. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you don't have to know biology and be... Uh, you know, a whiz in the books, so to speak. But that goes back to the risk management. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you don't have that common sense or that certain level of intelligence, you're not going to be able to manage the risk or anything else. You know, that, that that's like the, that's the, the root. That's, Foundation. That's what I wrote down was intelligence because you have somebody, you know, I think back to like responding to a call. You have someone there that doesn't know the law and they go in and do something wrong, then they're going to freaking get you in trouble, legal trouble, mm-hmm. you know? So you want somebody that that knows what they're doing and is not going to, even if it's even if it's required to achieve whatever you got to do there. I mean, safety's number one, but beyond that, you got to do it in a way that's legal. And if you don't have someone that's got some sense about them, then you're gonna wind, you might wind up sitting in a cell yourself. Yeah, it's key, man. Key, intelligence and teachability. Teachability is, is, I think it involves a couple different traits. 
Um, to be teachable, obviously, you you have to be semi-intelligent to be able to learn new things. But yeah. I think the biggest thing about being teachable, and I have to I have to uphold these. You guys understand, I have to uphold these same standards for for my my the the other men that I'm in their inner circle, like Blake, right? If I decide to no longer be teachable, in other words, I decide to become a know-it-all uh, because I have more experience on paper than other people in my inner circle, so I'm just closed-minded to anything that they have to say, then that disqualifies me from going to battle with these men. Uh, perfect example, something as simple as this stupid daisy chain. We daisy chain the ridge lines on our tarps at the basic course. And so I've done daisy chains before, but here the last few classes, I have been doing daisy chains the wrong way. I start from the end of the rope instead of starting at the beginning. And we get out on the basic course and we're teaching you guys how to set these shelters up. And we end up having to stand there for freaking... 10 minutes untying 50 knots because the daisy chain doesn't work, right? Now, it would be really easy for me to be prideful and just say, "Well, screw it. I'm y'all can now y'all can daisy chain the uh the ridge lines cuz I don't want to look like a dummy anymore." But instead, when we were cleaning gear after team 7 at Nathan's house, I was like, "Hey man, come over here and show me Let's let's talk through this daisy chain thing real quick. Like I'm opening myself up and allowing myself to be taught. Yep. On even something as simple as that. And if you're teachable, then if you're intelligent and you're teachable, in other words, you're you're not a freaking know it all, and you don't get butt hurt when you realize you're screwing something up, then yeah, we can do anything. Yeah. We can accomplish anything. Because yep. then we're able to use the combined knowledge of the men and women that we call our inner circle. Instead of it just then, if you're not teachable, it just breaks down to what you have in your own head and there's no more or no less when the when the freaking mission needs to be accomplished. Yeah. Um. All right. Next thing I got on here. You have to be able to lead and also be led. All right? Lead and be led. This is a part of our creed. This is very important. This is a question that I ask. This is something that I observe in other individuals within my inner circle on a constant basis is their ability to lead and be led. I think that humility is also wrapped up in the ability to lead and be led uh, a perfect example of this in my mind, and you could use this example for for multiple different uh, characteristics here, is say, we'll, we'll take it back to a combat scenario. Say we're doing land warfare, and we're on patrol, and we take enemy contact, and we, we all, you know, get online, we're returning fire, but we're basically getting pinned down. Uh, the enemy's advancing, overwhelming fire. We're getting pinned down, and I and, and I need to send you. I need you to break away from our base of fire, and I need you to go flank the enemy. Right. Well, 
first of all, for you to be led would be for you, would, would, you would have to be able to receive that order from me, right? Yep. I'm telling you, <clears throat> hey, Blake, flank left, flank left. Well, if you said, nah, screw that, man. I got, I, there's a, there's a better way we can, it's like, no, man, flank left. Yeah. Just, you, we got to do something here. All right. That's your ability to be led, to, to take orders. Uh, as long as they make semi make sense, there's freaking 10 different ways to skin a cat. But if somebody tells you to flank left, cause you're getting overwhelmed there's not time for you to sit and, and, and hash out all the different ways to do it. Yep. You get up and take your element and you flank left. And you remember that guy's in your inner circle for a reason. So trust. Yeah. You know, you got to trust. If, if I know Chad saying that and I know he's in my inner circle for a reason, then I'm just going to do it. Because you might be seeing, I, yeah. I, I might be seeing something you don't see. Yep. Right, I may have a little piece of high ground, and I can see those cats out there, and that's the reason. I, so, yeah, trust is the very next por portion of this because you can be led. You receive that order, and you act. The very next thing, though, is I have to trust you to carry that out to the best of your ability. Yep. So as soon as you break away from the main element and you're going to perform this flanking maneuver, I have to trust the fact then, I have to trust your leadership abilities then. Yep. Because you and your element have now broken away from me. I've lost visual from you. <clears throat> I don't know what you're going to encounter between when you break away from our element to the point that you are in your flanking position, ready to flank the enemy. I don't know what you're going to encounter between here and there. You might take a secondary contact. Yeah. You know, but I have to trust in your ability to lead. And I have to trust that you are going to do everything that you can possibly do to get that flanking maneuver done and crush the enemy. Yeah. And if I can't freaking trust that in your leadership abilities when you break away, I got nothing for you, son. Yep. Yeah, and you got, you know, you have to be able not only to trust that that I'm going to do that, but to trust that I trust. You know, to believe, it, like if I'm going to if I'm going to be in somebody's inner circle, then I have to display that I trust them. You know, they have to be able to see that, or else yeah. it, it it works both ways. Other in other words, a hundred percent. Oh, it would one hundred percent. It all works both ways. It has to be revolving between all of us. You know. <clears throat> So, ability to lead and be led. Um, the next one I typed in here, uh, the ability to make decisions under pressure. Mm -hmm. You guys have heard me say before that, um, for me, the foundational principle of leadership is the ability to make decisions and make those decisions under pressure. It's really freaking easy to make up your mind when there's not, a, there's not life and death on the line or some kind of big deal on the line or someone else's um, health or wellness on the line, right? Yeah. Uh, I have to, again, trust in your ability to make decisions when you break away from the main element and say, I got to, just like the other day when we had to send Nathan back to the truck with a student that had some health problems, we had to trust in his ability to make decisions 
once he broke away and yeah. performed that task. Yeah. We trusted him completely to, to make those decisions when there were some, you know, there there was health and wellness of one of our students on the line. Yep. So that's important. Um, All right. We got a few more here. Integrity. Honor and integrity. I think these are the things that help enable us to trust one another if we have faith in in each other's honor and integrity. All right? Honor is simply doing what's right, the adherence to what is right. Integrity is doing what's right when no one is looking. All right? Those are two important things. Those are two of those things that you may have to spend some time with someone yeah. until you really know about you know their honor and their integrity. Those are two things that may take time to identify in another person. Yeah. But they're extremely important. Yeah, that doesn't come up that often, an opportunity to where when where you're with someone and they're exercising integrity. So you're right. You you got to spend a lot of time to identify a lot of these yeah. characteristics in somebody. Unless you do what we do. Yeah. And yeah. freaking go out on hard gritty missions all the time. Yeah. This is this is why I, I keep telling you guys, if you have a corporate team, hit us up, man. I, I don't even care about the money. I'm not telling you this. I'm telling you this because if you want to thrive at work, in your business, with your team, you have got, it, it will, I don't say want to say you have to, but if you will go out and do some, go on a structured mission yep. with us or anybody else that's legit, it's going to speed up the process for you. It's going to speed up the process for you as a business owner or a leader to determine your inner circle. It's going to speed up the process of you being able to establish your chain of command. We, we do what we do. We have opportunities as a team, me, Blake, Nathan, and everyone who, James, everyone who works with us in the, the missions that we go on. We figure this stuff out about each other in about two days. Because yep. it all happens. It, mm -hmm. it it all comes up, right? And not only is that going to speed up the process for a business or a corporate team, it's not even going to speed up the process because there are things that are learned out there that you're not going to learn elsewhere. It, basically, it's going to you're going to do something like that and you're going to achieve something that would have never otherwise been achieved. Mm -hmm. It's not going to... I mean, in some things, it will speed up the process, but it's going to bring you to the next level that you weren't able to reach until you did something yeah, like that. 100%. All right, let's take a quick pee break. This episode was brought to you by Natural Rapport. I hope you guys have heard me talking about Natural Rapport. They make uncomplicated pet essentials that are gentle, safe, and effective. Why does this matter to me? Because we have two dogs at our house and we don't have kids, so we treat our dogs like our family members, like our children. I know that might sound crazy to a lot of y'all. That's just how we are. We want to make sure that we give them the best treats and the best grooming products and all that stuff that they need 
possible. And Natural Rapport fits the bill for that. All right. All the ingredients used in Natural Rapport products are as close to nature as possible. Most of them are single ingredient. They're all made in the USA. Who wants to feed their dog that they love a dog treat that's made somewhere over in China? All right. Yeah. That's probably not going to be good. I just, I'm not big on the Chinese dog food uh, treat products. But hey, guess what? We got Natural Rapport, 100% made in the USA. Yes, they're awesome people. If you guys love your animals like we love ours, go visit Natural Rapport on their website at nattyrap.com. I'll attach a link to their website in the show notes of this episode. Give them a follow on Instagram at Natural Rapport. And of course, they've given us as three of seven podcast listeners a pro code. It's just three of seven project, all caps. That'll give you 10% off your purchase. Go check them out if you've got animals. Yeah, you're going to love them. Thanks, guys. All right, we're back. Thanks for bearing with us on that. This podcast is running a little longer than I thought it was going to, but I hope y'all are enjoying it because I am. Time flies when you're talking about good stuff. All right, we talked about honor and integrity. You good? Yeah. All right, next thing I got on my list is grit and violence of action. Grit. There's really no substitute for grit. No. It's, um, I, you know, the question always comes up, something like grit. Can it, can grit be taught? I don't think it can be taught. I think it can be developed. Uh, but I think there has to be some inherent grit in a person before they'll even put themselves in a situation where they can develop. Yeah. Their grit. So, there's just no substitute for it. Mm -mm. And grit just means that you're going to keep coming. That every time you get knocked down, you are going to get back up. That you're going to draw on every ounce of strength that you have to get back up. That's what grit is to me. Simple. Yeah. And and violence of action is, I, I think that's, pretty self-explanatory again go back to that flanking maneuver blake and his element break away they've they've gotten the position to to flank well when they when they come up over the terrain feature and they start and it's time for them to hammer the enemy on their flank if they just get up there and take a few pot shots it ain't gonna do me no good yep (laughs) <laughs> I mean, them jokers need to get up, cup, top top that daggone terrain feature, and rain hell fire down on the enemy. Yeah. That's violence of action, man. I'll add to it, too, that I think you have to be able to adjust that. Like, you need to have that level of yeah. violence of action, and you need to be able to get there quick. But you also need to be able to dial it back if you need to. Now, I mean, maybe not in, in combat, but in life, in business, in relationships. You got It goes back to be hard when it gets mm-hmm. hard, right? You got to be able to have that spot you can go to, and you're the dang meanest, hardest one out there. And then you need to be able to dial it back. if you Because you can't always be that way. Yeah. 
And you're not going to be in my inner circle if you're always that way. No, uh-uh. You know, so so that, to me, that's a that's a key component is to be able to adjust that quickly and when it needs, you know, at the right time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're exactly right, man. And I, I've tried to live that through my whole life. I mean, I remember uh, on my first platoon, I was an A-dub gunner, automatic weapon. So I ran a belt-fed machine gun. And... um for you to be a good A-dub gunner in a platoon, you have got to have some violence of action because when you get when you take when you get contacted, everybody in the platoon, they want to hear those freaking automatic weapons rolling, son. I mean, they want to hear them singing. Uh-huh. You know, there should never be a lull in fire. If you're an A-dub gunner, you sing off of each other. So you got two A-dub gunners in a platoon. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna hit a burst, as and, and my other A-dub gunner is going to be listening. And as soon as I come off the trigger, he's going to pick up the fire. So it's just da-da-da-da-da, You know, by, you, you make those things sing. There's never a lull in fire. And that, and that makes everybody else in the platoon real happy and comfortable, right? But I think it surprised them. Because I, I'm pretty laid-back dude, believe it or not. I'm pretty chill uh, most of the time. And, you know, I'm just, um, they're just, they didn't know me. I was first platoon. They just thought I was some freaking dude, some redneck guy, you know, guy. And, uh, <laughs> and son, I tap, you know, I can tap into that violence of action and I can make that, I can make that A-dub eat. And I'm talking about, boom, I'm, I hit the ground. I'm throwing a burst. As soon as I come off the trigger, hopefully my, my other A-dub gunner picks up that fire. While he's picking up the fire, I have to get up, get up off the ground with this big machine gun and sometimes two to 300 pounds of gear on my body. I'm essentially doing a burpee, getting up off the ground, and I'm moving and then as soon as he stops firing, I'm getting back on the ground to pick up that fire. I, you have to do that because fire draws fire. Yeah. If you shoot from a position, especially with an A-dub, guess what? Your enemy wants to take you out. If you have an A-dub, you are going to be the main target of your enemy because they don't want that thing shooting at them. Yeah. So every time you shoot, you better get up and move because you got bullets coming back your way. And so it takes a lot of violence of action and physical fitness to run that thing, right? It really does. That was my that was one thing I put on mine is is that you have to have some level of physical fitness. Doesn't mean you have to be a specimen of health or in tip top shape. Obviously for combat you want that, but but in life it says something about you. It, even even just the effort that you're working toward that it speaks volumes about yeah, you. Yeah, I mean that—that that to me is—it's—it's it's a requirement. Again, you, I'm not saying you got to be out running hundred mile races, doing ultra marathons, whatever. But but you have to show some consistency that you care about your body and you're working on improvements to to getting better with it. Physical fitness is a representation of leadership, of integrity, of honor, of grit. Physical yeah. fitness is a representation of a lot of things that we're talking about. 
that one that one trait can answer a lot of those. It really can. It, it can't tell you everything about a person, obviously, but it's going to give you a a some understanding of the individual right off the bat. Yeah. And I agree with you. Uh, I did not have that on my list, but I would have if I if I would have thought more deeply about this. Is uh, is physical fitness? You know, I I, I love. Look, man, where we live, y'all don't. I don't know if y'all realize it or not, but it is country where we live, and it it absolutely is hilarious to me when I go down to the local gun store and to to do some shopping, and like literally everyone in there is overweight and just got done eating a Bojangles biscuit, and they're in there talking about everything that's going on in the government and they're in there arming up they're all arming up man <laughs> and and i'm looking at these cats like what what are you gonna do with those weapons <laughs> do you understand what it takes to be physically what it takes to be combat effective on a, on a battlefield if you gotta clear the gut to get to your weapon then you you're already behind the gun i'm gonna go ahead and tell you son some of the tired is some of the most wore out i've ever been in my life was after a long day of close quarters combat training or especially land warfare training where you're patrol to contact and then you're doing IADs, uh, or IMTs, individual movement techniques. And, you know, you're basically doing, you know, 200 burpees to either, um, you know, push through a contact or to, to fall back or flank or whatever. I mean, the amount of physical fitness that it takes to be a combat effective warrior is that that's why that's why it's so that's why we go through buds. Yeah. Right? Is uh because we want to make sure that we're committed to our physical fitness. So we should hold each other to that standard within yeah. our inner circle. <clears throat> for sure. Um I did have a I did have a leader one time in the SEAL teams that was not physically fit. And uh, I won't say his name. But uh, he was, yeah, he was a platoon chief. He was not physically fit at all. He had a puzzle gut. And uh, it caused, <laughs> dude, it caused so much hate and discontent in that platoon, man. He wasn't a BBC, was he? Busted biscuit can. No, he. I mean, he wasn't really on that level, okay. but he had a puzzle gut, man. Yeah. And he just was what, I say he wasn't physically fit. He would have been above average physically fit for the civilian populace he was not physically fit enough to be in a seal platoon though yeah. and it caught and dude i actually got in trouble for that uh one time of course we had the the they call him the commodore he's the the head guy of all naval special warfare and you know they would always come around every now and then and do their little dog and pony show like hey look at me I'm the commodore let me they're politicians is all they are this guy's a seal but he's just literally advanced so high that all he is is a politician within the structure uh, or the bureaucracy of the US Navy and he of course when they come around they they want to act buddy buddy even though it's a pain in the freaking butt when they come around because everybody's like oh make sure you you have your best uniform on and your shave and your sideburns and all this bull crap when when this guy comes you got to get it 
it's a pain in the butt, and he comes in, and of course, at the end of his session, they're always like, well, we want to, if you have any questions for us, if you have, if you're having any issues, nothing's off the table, you know, just go ahead, let's, let's talk about it, let's talk through it, and uh, of course, I raise my hand, and I'm like, hey, uh, what about my freaking chief here that is is unsat? Was he there, your chief? No, he was okay. he wasn't there. Th- this guy, th- this guy came while part of our platoon was gone, and I just happened to be there in the in the at the command when the commodore came. So mm-hmm. it was only a few of us. And I even asked my other buddies in the in the platoon. I was like, "Do y'all think I should bring this up?" Because they had advertisers like the Commodore's coming and he wants some Q and A. He wants he wants to hear how you guys are doing. It was a small group. It wasn't like there were hundreds of people, right? It was just like fifteen or twenty of yeah. us in a room with this guy, and we have to listen to his politics and then Q and A. And I'm like, hey, what about my chief? Uh, that's like unsat. And um, of course, he didn't have an answer to it, right? Because Whatever, man. It, it is what it is. And and then I got in trouble. <laughs> After the dude leaves, I got in trouble for asking that question. For holding a teammate, for holding a leader to a standard of physical fitness. Yep. And the dude said, if you're having any problems, let me know. This is a, I don't know what they call it, open door policy or whatever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Basically, know? he was saying he wasn't going to say nothing to nobody. He would handle some problems for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that just goes to show you. He the, created one for you, didn't he? Yeah. I got in freaking trouble for that, man. Big trouble. What did you to, have to do? Uh, For the rest of the, like, I was getting ready to go out overseas in like two weeks. But I was there for two weeks. And so the rest of the time I was there at the command, every day I had to wear a dress uniform into so, work. That's the worst thing they could have done oh, to you. It's, it was terrible. And and I didn't even have the uniform. <laughs> I had to go out and, well, I think I like borrowed it, from, borrowed different parts of the uniform from some of the, the techs that were working for us. <laughs> And I assembled one. I think the pants were like high waters and the shirt was too tight. And, <laughs> but they made me wear that every day until I left and went went overseas. So, mm. anyways. Oh, okay. So, as a leader, don't ask your team questions about problems they're having unless you're willing to answer those questions and fix those freaking problems, man. I'm getting ticked off right now even thinking about that story. <laughs> Turd. <laughs> yes, there are turds in the SEAL teams. Yeah. yeah. There are turds pe- in everything yeah. you do. There's people that slip through the cracks. There's people that were good to go in the beginning, but they've they've changed. They've become corrupt. Yep. They've become lazy. Whatever it is. That's just life. All right, I'm not gonna go down this rant. We're almost an hour into this. I could keep going on this, but I'm not going to. I'm just gonna hit two more points here. Going back to what Blake said, be hard when it gets hard. The other things that I have in here 
the first one is calmness and inner peace. I have met plenty of people and still meet plenty of people on a regular basis that I believe could manage risk. They're pretty intelligent. They can lead and be led. They've got some grit. They're in shape. All these things, but they're just freaking squirrely, man. They're just a little bit inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, they're just kind of, you're like, man, what is this? This guy needs to just relax, right? Calmness and inner peace. I ain't going to be around somebody in the heat of battle that's squirrely, man. <laughs> you can't have that squirreliness. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, you you can have a lot of people that hit a lot of these wickets. Yeah. But they're a little squirrely. I don't know if y'all understand that or not. I'm trying to think. I, I, I don't want to call any recent examples out because I don't want to shake shame anybody into calling them out for being squirrely but i just leave it at that if folks don't get it they'll have to see it for themselves yeah the last thing i got on my list is compassion um you got to have the ability to uh be compassionate um in not only on the battlefield but in life if if i'm gonna if i'm gonna be standing by you because here's the thing even though there might be a job that needs to get done that requires violence of action, grit, all these other things, you got to get the job done. I don't want you, as a, as a team member of mine, I don't want you to be hurting other people that don't need to be hurt. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you hating people that don't need to be hated. I don't want you uh, expending all of your energy just attacking and bulldozing through whatever is in front of you. Uh, you. You've got to be able to show some compassion and some discretion also. Mm-hmm. you got to be a freaking point shooter, man. You, you can't be... That, that's why they call us operators because we are able to have compassion, have discretion, make surgical cuts, right, in order to accomplish the mission and not just bulldoze through and have no uh, n- no concern for the life or the relationships of the people that could potentially uh, be, you know, in your line of fire. Yes, dropping a bomb versus going in and tactically as tactically as a team achieving the mission. Yeah. Cuz you you can like you said there's more than one way to skin a cat. You could drop a bomb and kill the dude you're trying to kill but how many other people at what cost risk management yep you know yep you got anything else on your list that i missed man the only thing i would add is i want somebody that is going to lead or act in the absence of orders i want someone that you know if i see if i see i need to break off and flank i'm gonna say hey i'm gonna flank and just do it and not wait on you to tell me what to do. I, I want someone, if they see something that needs to be done, if you if you see your relationship with your spouse is struggling, you're going to wait for your husband or your wife to speak up or are you going to take advantage of it and start implementing things to make it better? When In the business, if you see something that's slacking, am I going to wait on you to say, hey, Blake, uh, this over here is slacking. Why don't you pick that up? Or 
do I just need to step up and do it? So I want somebody that's going to see the problem, communicate it, make sure everybody's on the same page, and then execute. Yeah. That's and that's another thing that you could I think add to this list is communication skills. I think yeah. that that is extremely important. Um, no, I love that man. So, like I say, this isn't the the all comprehensive list, uh, you know, of everything that I dissect in an individual when I ask the question of them of uh, would I choose them for battle, both literally and metaphorically in my life. The answer has to be yes for them to be part of my inner circle, part of my business, part of my life, okay? Uh, this is a question as we progress through developing the 3 of 7 Project training pipeline. Yep. When we are bringing and training other instructors, when we're bringing them on board and we're training them as instructors, this this is the... the this question has to be answered about that person. And you're going to hurt feelings. Yeah. You know, there's going to be folks in the in the instructor pipeline training thing. There's going to be folks that, that go through the steps and we find out, hey, man, you fell short on this. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and it's just, it is what it is. That And that's why, you know, I, pre, I prefaced this whole conversation with is this is not a judgment on whether you're a good person mm -hmm. or not. I'm surrounded by good human beings. Yeah. Every day. It doesn't mean that I'm going to take them to battle. Yep. You know, so you're exactly right. But this is, this will be the main question that we will ask in 2022 when we start onboarding instructors that have been through all of our training and now we're bringing them on board the team as instructors. Yep. Uh, this is the main question that will have to be answered. And now you guys understand a little bit about what's wrapped up into that question. And and the, you know, I would say to people that are listening, this doesn't. This is just us. Like, if somebody's life is different and they got different things going on, I think all these can be done. But you know, it, some of it you might could take out, and some of it you might could add in for somebody else, not for us. And I think the big takeaway should be that you can't just hang around with anybody. You can't just let anybody into your inner circle. So if you don't like some of the things we said, I mean, that's, that's okay. Yeah. But, but, but what I want you to take away is have something, have some kind of list. Think about yeah, well, who is in my inner circle and why are they there? And if they don't really bring nothing to the table for you and, or you for them, then, then why are they there? Don't just hang out with them because they're giving you some attention. Because a lot mm -hmm. of people will just hang out with people just because they're willing to give them some attention or they're going to tell them what they like. Telling me what I like is not something I want someone to have in my inner circle. <laughs> That's the truth, you man. Know, so, so set that structure up. If it's, not in, if it's not in your life, set it up. Start thinking about it. Use our stuff. Use your own stuff, whatever. Amen, son. Ain't nobody gonna we'll call, call Blake a, a fool. fool. <laughs> All right, guys. Guys. This is 3 7 Podcast. Enough said. <laughs>